Hello, welcome to Manifesto FPL Radio. Um, is it? We're finished. We're at the end of the season. Um, this is our uh, look back at uh, yeah this uh, uh, topsy turvy uh, season in 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 real life and in and in FPL terms. Um, so yeah, it's going to be our sort of end of season uh, wrap up and, and and retro and review. So it should hopefully be some uh, some interesting things to think about and you know some things we can we we've learned and things we'll look to take into into next season. Um, uh, my name is Matt and I'm joined as always by Mr. Ryan Hodges. Uh, 552nd best fantasy football player in the world. Um, hello, Ryan. Hello, Stat Matt. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, I was, yeah, I was, I was listening back last last week. I was quite down. I think I was getting a little bit of last last game nerves, but uh, I, yeah, it generally turned out pretty well. And to have that three figure uh, behind me by the end of the season, I'm, I'm, I'm extremely happy. So, yeah. Great, great, great stuff. Um, I think today we're going to look back at our seasons and look at a few, highlight a few players, uh, player of seasons, as well as some few non-players of the season, look at those people who didn't turn up this year. So, yeah, it should be an interesting one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I think maybe where should we begin? Should we go all the way back to the beginning? Should we go back to game week, uh, game week one? You know, football, yeah, let's have a laugh. Football had, had uh, been on a pretty brief summer hiatus um, after sort of the delayed um, uh, end to end to last season and sort of an early early start to the season. So there wasn't there wasn't a huge gap, um, uh, and I think um, a couple of teams actually missed those early um, those early game weeks. I think Manchester City and Manchester United. Um, uh, and I think maybe Burnley and, and Aston Villa didn't play in those first couple of game weeks because they were um, uh, because of sort of late involvement in uh, in Europe the season before. But yeah, Ryan, look back. You're looking back at your game week one uh, team. Um, what sort of stands out to you? Who who do you, who did you get right, and you know who did you who did you bank on early that that, that would have let you down? Well, I think, I think uh, the key, key thing to note here was um, Abamyang. He was basically classified as a midfielder so he had previously been a forward and then he got classified as midfielder so we thought that was absolute territory that we just could not miss out on and he was pretty much guaranteed 20 goals a season and with extra midfield points where you'll score more for a goal you'll get some possible clean sheets on top of that thought he was a shoo-in so I captured him first week um, he did return against Fulham in I think the 3-0 victory uh, so that was um, <laughs> probably the first and last time I think he ever played. Well, actually, played. I think he made a couple more appearances throughout the season for me. But uh, we all got caught in that trap. Um, uh, let, let me uh, maybe I'll concentrate on some of the the, the mishits here. Uh, Timo Werner was was someone that we also all got jumped on. Uh, I think I think at the start he had about fifty percent of the game ownership, um, and he did return with an assist, but. I think we all saw early doors that he just didn't have the confidence in front of goal. Um, so he, he he did appear, did get an assist. Uh, and the rest of my team, um, well, actually, a few have stayed in my team in and out. But a mix of Mitrovic, who, um, who stayed, I think, for about the first five weeks of my season before shipping out, before um, he'd eaten too many pies and, and wasn't really a feature in Fulham's front line. But I got a couple of goals out of him in that early part of the season. So, look, he, was, he wasn't an absolute miss, but um, I, I probably got him at the best time because after that he was, he was hopeless. Um, Shea Adams... <laughs> 
the the flip-flop I did between Shea Adams and Ali Watkins, I think the stat is I got about one goal and one assist out of both of these players across the whole season. There was a point where I just didn't go back. I couldn't couldn't go back anymore. Uh, can't think what game week that was, but I stuck with Shea Adams, and yeah, that was, that was the wrong move. Um, I, I went big on Newcastle. Why I had two Newcastle players in this. And, and Jamal Lewis. I thought Jamal Lewis, I thought Newcastle might have been a bit better at the back, uh, certainly in the early period. I mean, look, Jamal Lewis got me a clean sheet in that first game. So these seven points uh, are all, all, all good. But um, he, he was someone I moved on pretty early early on. He was quite a cheap enabler of defender. But yeah, I, I clearly saw that Newcastle weren't quite at the races. St. Maximum, um, I think he had a really good post lockdown or like when it when it project restart he, he, i think he was excellent so i think we all again went for some maximum and he didn't do it now the, the other sort of other picks around me was uh son Salah. uh yeah i mean they proved to be really good fantasy assets um i kept Salah for a lot of the lot of the season and, and captured him a lot and i'll go into some of those stats in a minute but um yeah he was a pretty mainstay in my team and son i i, I flirted with Son a lot this season I think I pretty much had Harry Kane more than Son so that was that was the main thing there and then sort of to wrap up my playing week uh, I had McCarthy I went for the double up with McCarthy and Ryan in goal uh, didn't really work out that well those two um, but yeah not, not much there and Trent Alexander-Arnold um, there was lots of talk start the season around sort of Liverpool they, they cracked up so many clean sheets last the previous season that to double up on Liverpool and defence was a, the way to go I didn't do it I went just to Alexander Arnold and it actually turned out to be a pretty bad um, run of fixtures and, and results for Liverpool early on so that, that didn't quite work out um, the key things on my bench was two sort of superstar heroes here that Suchek and Walker Peters didn't feature in my opening lineup, but they certainly picked me up a lot of points uh, playing points further on in the season so that they, they were they were decent decent enough picks um, the one real here was there was a defender Crystal Palace sign Nathan Ferguson um, it was either him or Tyrick Mitchell you went for I went for Ferguson that was a huge mistake and he didn't feature in any of Crystal Palace's games at all because of injuries. So, um, yeah, I definitely moved him on quick. I actually, I didn't mention my hero of the week here. It was actually Sice um, of Wolves. He, I think he got um, out of the actual 72-point week, which was a really, really great, great week. Um, uh, Sice of Wolf, Wolves, um, he got me a goal and, and a clean sheet in that opening fixture and maximum bonus So against the Sheffield United. So that was... That was an absolute superstar, and I think he lasted for about five weeks in my team. But yeah, it was it was. I can see some logic there, but then there's some pretty bad picks. What about yourself, Matt? <laughs> yeah, quite a lot of crossover, I think, actually, um, which I guess probably shows that you know there was quite a lot of consensus um, among the community and sort of some of these players um, uh, early early on. Yeah, I, I also sort of um, had had a um, I, I think. Um, I think some part of the thinking there was, um, you know, with with City and United not playing in those early game weeks, um, yeah. 
he had some favourable fixtures and it was a fairly easy sideways transfer to someone like De Bruyne or, um, or Bruno Fernandes, which I think I would eventually do in, in game week two or three. Um, yeah, Salah, obviously in the team, um, you know, FPL royalty at this point. I, I can't imagine starting a season probably without him um, without him in, in the lineup. Um, and yeah, I think probably the, the most interesting thing maybe looking at this team today based on sort of where teams ended up over the course of the season is... is um, the, the, the balance is quite is quite unusual um maybe so so i've sort of sort of three big big players in midfield so salah Aubameyang and, uh, and son um and then my two um, sort of cheap midfielders i also had sam maximan and i had suchek as well who was uh, riding the bench at that point unknown fantasy uh, you know his potential um what that would look like um i think one of the things that we've definitely seen over the course of the season we'll talk a little bit about it sort of you know some of the themes that we've, we've come across is sort of that um the real value in that sort of seven million pound mid- midfielder and you know players like Lingard um Gundogan as well sort of um, at various points throughout the season um those weren't sort of really in 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 contention at this at this point in the season it was kind of you'd, you'd go you know you'd have some some of these sort of big hitters um you know there's sort of really top end premium midfielders um and then a few sort of cheaper ones to, to to balance it out which um I think one of the reasons why this team looks yeah it looks quite unbalanced sort of looking at it now is that kind of if you have two premiums and and more of those sort of seven million pound players you're able to sort of distribute some funds a little bit more evenly around um you know around the rest of the team so um yeah it's interesting to sort of look, look back on it uh, like that um i also had Werner again sort of um uh, um that chelsea had spent a lot of money over this over the summer Werner was sort of linked pretty heavily with liverpool for quite a while before making the move to chelsea and so it was highly re- highly regarded um uh definitely excited to have him in particularly because he started at about 9 million i think 9.5 million um which um you know was a good price sort of for, for those forward options pick Mitrovic as well you know picked the wrong um sort of budget um striker promoted from from the championship should have been Bamford but um i think there's a lot there's a lot of talk at the beginning of the season as to you know whether Bamford could do it in the in the premier league so he was uh, he was not um was not in my in my thoughts um yeah, also also Che Adams as well. He'd he'd played really well, I think, in the sort of project project restart um piece of the season. So again, he was another one, um, another sort of cheap option at around sort of I think six million, I think he started the season at. So um that was interesting. Um for some reason I started with Larice in goal, uh, which I, I guess the only thing I can think of is that I must have been anticipating a, a Jose Mourinho um, yeah, part of the bus part of the bus season um, for, for him and, and also I had, I had Cody from Wolves um, uh, who you know Wolves, Wolves last season you know, for the last couple of seasons had been pretty solid defensively um, they'd lost Matt Doherty in the, over the summer to, to Spurs which I think maybe um, imbalanced that, them a little bit but yeah started with him also started with Walker Peters um, uh, signed I think he'd signed permanently from Spurs over the summer, so um, yeah. he was one there, um, and I I did pick uh, Tarek Mitchell from Palace. He was on my bench game week one over Ferguson. That I was definitely a choice, and they were both sort of four million pounds. Uh, but Ferguson was was injured. Well, at the time that the the conversation was, he's been injured for a couple of weeks. Um, so I went with Mitchell to start with, um, and yeah, he's definitely he definitely sort of um, got some good value in those in those early game weeks of the season. Yeah, just just having a look, I. I did some my first transfers. I think I left it for a couple of weeks. It gave me three. About me, I did go out for De Bruyne. I think that was what you were talking about, Matt. So yeah, look, look at that. And then 
Um, Daniel Podence come onto the scene. I think he Ooh. nutmegged the uh, Bruyne in maybe game week, game week three or something like that, and uh, or game week two. I think we all thought, oh, this, 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 he could do something. And I got that's when Saint Maximum went. So, yeah, went that. And then yeah, Mitrovic went out for Calvert Lewin. Calvert Lewin started off incredibly well. So Calvert Lewin came in for me game week four. Um, so yeah, it was, um, and I think that's actually I think we'll go, go on to our worst transfers at the time. That was that was a bad move because I think Son returned huge against Man United that week but uh, it, it, I think it balanced out uh, later on but um, yeah so so there's a couple of really good tools out there uh, websites to sort of you can basically put in your uh, fantasy Premier League pin uh, which is like a however many digit code which is which is linked to your actual Premier League account uh, the two accounts really fplretro.com as well as fploptimize.com and really what these do is you just put your pin number in and it just spits out a load of data around how you performed uh, over the season um, and if sh- should I go first Matt and yeah, I'm sort of my team of the season so this is really who scored me the most points and really uh, like from from my perspective in sort of how how did I do sort of better this year than I've ever done before. Um, I I'll try and cover a little bit off here, um, but ultimately my, my, my team of the season uh, that's the spell out here was goalkeeper Martinez. Um, he scored me 123 points. Um, I think the key thing here was yeah I managed to get on Martinez pretty early on in my in my early wild card. Um, so. I managed to move on my goalkeepers and I just went with went with him um, in, in, in that first first thing. So I felt that that was yeah just just looked like they were pretty tight at the back and, uh, and and obviously I was I was I got some really good returns there. Um, the defence three interesting um, people here because yeah I've got Alexander Arnold was my highest scoring defender on 102 points. Um, even though he started the season really, really badly, I think there were still a few returns that he obviously still uh, that he can 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 do well with. But yeah, that that was that was an interesting one there. And uh, obviously, the latter part of the season went up when I we got him back when he started to um, return to some really good form at the tail end of the season. So that, that so that was that was a, a key thing from Alexander Arnold. Um, and the other two, um, John Stones comes in second. He scored with 78 points. Now, he was amazing. I got him so cheap on, I think, it, again, it might have been another sort of uh, double double switch um, sort of early on in the season where, when we sort of knew that City had some great fixtures. I sort of snubbed the DS, and I think I doubled up with Cancelo and, and Stones. But Stones was incredible. There was that one week. Uh, I think he scored 28 points in some double game week um, I had him and he was so cheap I think he was 4.8 million when I got him and like that was just gold gold dust and then my third defender who scored me uh, sort of the highest points was Stuart Dallas um, he scored me 63 points um, it was always that did you play him or did you not and did you get all those points so he, he, he was he was he was incredible um, midfielders and this is with captaincies so my highest midfielder was Salah 298 points he scored me across the actual uh, season and I'll go on to some stats around where how many times I sort of captained various players Fernandez was my second highest um, points player was 230 points and really the next three is um, De Bruyne 108 
Gudegun was 105 and Son 100 points. Um, and then up front, it would be Kane, 283 points and Bamford, 96 points. And in a, a sort of a, a sort of the other people who, who helped me out in the season, I did bring in Mendy, he did score me 25 points. And where we were moaning that he was, yeah, I mean, they all come in handy, really. So it wasn't, I thought it was a bad pick, but to be fair, 25 points isn't, isn't terrible from a keeper. Um, Calvert-Lewin, I did have him for various parts of the season, he scored me 76. And then I mentioned Walker-Peters, he scored me 47 points in the early part when I had him. Uh, that's not bad. And then I think I went Walker-Peters to Souffal, the West Ham defender he scored me 46 points so overall I think that was pretty good and what I'm going to do now is just double uh, just going to go into how many times I captain some players if I can find the actual link on these sites uh, let me go so, oh yeah my, my most successful um, formation to score points was a 3-5-2 I used it nine times over the season and I would have averaged points-wise 76.4 points in that in that point. Uh, so I thought that was I thought that was good. Uh, and I think the way you mentioned around the seven million midfielders or the cheap midfielders, it almost you just went five across the middle where you had Sujet playing Gunnigan and maybe Grealish for myself. Yeah, there was lots of players you could just put out there as almost your third striker. Um, and then behind that was a 3-4-3. I used that the most. That was 21 times over the season. And that was averaging 65.8 points. Um, oh, where's, my, where's my actual captaincies? Ah, here they are. So I captained Salah 14 times over the season. So he was the most one I captained. So that was, that was what it was. And my captain score, this would be interesting to see what you got Matt. I actually captained over the season um, a points total of 616. That was how many points I've got from my captain. So did I get my captaincy choices better than others? And, and sort of to summarise in how, in how maybe that's where I got it right this year, I seem to put it on the big hitters and they did return by moving around them. So uh, yeah, um, Matt, yeah, to get over to yourself. Yeah, I think I think probably quite a lot of those sort of same names showing up. Um, yeah, Martinez. Um, another. Yeah, I got him on him pretty early. It was game week five. I just looked back at that. Um, yeah, returned me a hundred hundred one points. Um, did move him out towards the end of the season, um, which I think was probably the right thing. Yeah, I think probably got the right timing on that. But um, yeah, he was definitely a you know, really really solid. Um, uh, Diaz was my top scoring defender with one hundred eight points. Um, I got on him. Um, I got on him early once it looked like um, you know. He'd come in, and that City defense um, was looking much more solid. I think you know City defenders really weren't on the menu early doors in this season. You know the defensive record has not been fantastic over the last um, sort of couple of years. What, but they have quite a lot of clean sheets, and, and sort of you know well, well but they 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 have a tendency to sort of ship the odd irritating goal at the end of a five-one you know victory or something like that. So um, it was definitely interesting. Um, Alexander Arnold as well featured. Yeah, had him early and, and late of this in, in the season. So he scored seventy five points in Dallas seventy two. Um, in midfield, Fernandez and Salah both got me two hundred and thirty five points exactly. Um, I think they were sort of mainstays of my team for most of the season. Um, and then De Bruyne and, and Gundogan one hundred and seven and ninety eight points for, for the two of those. So there was definitely sort of times they'd be coming in and out depending on um, you know injuries and injuries and form. Um, and yeah, Kane was my most uh, my most profitable player. Two hundred eighty four points for Kane. Oh, yeah. um, Close. Calvert Lewin um, as well. One hundred seven points and Bamford ninety six points. Um, 
So yeah, I think sort of you know, pretty much as you'd expect, quite a lot of those um, you know sort of players returning, you know, other people that, that popped up for me. Yeah. Walker Peters, I had him for apparently had him for fourteen game weeks. Um, I remember very very little of him being in my team, but he did return quite a lot. Um, uh, and then sort of other you know other players around um, like Lingard and, and Son and, and Grealish sort of came in and out um, uh, of the team overall. So yeah, um, uh, he's uh, yeah. There's some of the other options. Um, that's that scored me some points so yeah i think um you know i think definitely sort of um uh, some interesting some interesting returns you can kind of you can kind of plot the course of the season almost with some of those with some of those players you know the gundalan was was an electric and sort of a must own for a, you know sort of about 10 game weeks in the middle of the season um but was sort of tailed off pretty sort of badly after that and similarly sort of with, with diaz again there was you know that real sort of hot streak of um, sort of from from the turn of the, the year to sort of early I think early March maybe when City were basically winning every every game they 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 were playing so those that was sort of pretty dominant dominated um, those guys and yeah um, Harry Kane was my was my top uh, my top choice from from a captaincy perspective as well he returned uh, he returned me uh, yeah it was, it was captained eleven times um, for me over the course of the season. Um, I got 596 points from my captain. 596? Oh, so I only got another, t- so t- uh, what's that, 20 on top of that then? So that's not, that's not something that's jumped out. There's another, there's another thing in here which is, which is possibly um, something to look at. Did you get, um, uh, it's under the, under the transfers, you can see what, what you, total transfers you put in and then obviously what you, what you lost. What was your net transfer game, Matt? My net transfer gain from transfers one hundred and ten points. Yeah, so I got one hundred and fifty from those. And how many transfers did you make and then hits? Was <laughs> I've uh, you know I, I have a bit of a reputation as a bit of a tinker, tinker man. Tinker man. So I made fifty transfers over the course of the season for sixty four points worth of hits. Wow. Well, this this is possibly something. So I only did thirty nine transfers, and I took hits worth of. Only uh, twenty-four points hit, so maybe maybe it's uh, yeah. I mean, if you get on a if you get a settled team and then you don't have to keep changing things, then that's. I think I certainly felt that this year that I sort of had the right players, and all I needed to do was sort of tweak a couple of positions. Um, that was certainly up to sort of running up to game with thirty. I I just managed to get people like Gundogan in, Suchek was there, they were all just performing for me and I didn't really need to change things. I could just switch one out and one in, maybe when, fixtures. I did look at fixtures a lot, lot more this year. When did you make? When did you use your first wild card this season, Ryan? Yeah, so the chips really. So my wild card won, it was game week five. I played that. Um, I did make a, a, a plus on that. Uh, my free hit was game week 18. I think most people went then. I think that was for that blank game week um, I did make 28 points from that uh, triple captain um, game week 32 yeah. just after the game week 31 my wildcard 2 it didn't look that profitable I only made 10 points initially in that actual game week 2 but if I was to look at my rank and where I sort of managed to get jumped I made three significant jumps it was sort of the week between game week 13 and 14 I went from 100,000 pretty much into the top 50,000 and then really what it when went sort of from that 50,000 into the top 10k from about 18, 19 and in that 
I mean, this this is, comes in from eighteen sort of game week eighteen uh, all the way through about game week twenty four was my best period of scoring. And I just chipped away slowly to get in, and then finally, it was actually around the um, free no the wild card and the actual triple captain. It took me into so it was game week thirty two. I reached into the um, top hundred, so that was six two seven in game week 30, uh, 32. So I sort of. Game week, game week sort of um, it was yeah game week fourteen I jumped fifty thousand places and just went into into that fifty k. Mm. Then it was game week nineteen I went into the top ten k, and then the, the final push was game week thirty two where I had those two chips. So I sort of would say I I played things at the right time. So uh, going back to that wild card when I played it I only made a ten point difference, but what it did it did set me up and I had the right sort of players moving forward. Yeah. Um, I think that's something yeah. um, looking looking at, uh, um, at wild cards and sort of um, yeah on this FPL retro tool it gives you sort of your worst five game week period. Mine was game week three to game week seven. Uh, so sort of looking at the transfers I was making around then, um, you know, really sort of yo-yoing between players. I think sort of Sun came in and out of my team um, sort of on maybe three or four consecutive game weeks over those first those first few weeks, um, which I think probably really really hurt. Whereas obviously you know someone like. Um, you know, playing that early wild card for yourself, Ryan, meant you were able to sort of stabilise um, uh, in a lot, in a lot, um, a lot sort of sooner. Because yeah, my rank was pretty all over the place. I think I was down to you know, nearly three millionth at sort of game week three, um, and, and then sort of up to you know, sort of really spiking around before sort of slowly starting to climb um, towards the wild card I played, which is I think in game week fifteen or sixteen. Um, you you left it that late. I left. Think I left it until yeah, pretty much until the last week of the seat of the of the sort of um, limit for that sort of first wild card, which which has traditionally I think been quite a quite a good strategy with with that first wild card to kind of leave it leave it late. But uh, yeah, I think probably this season that was that was my mistake was not pulling the trigger on that. Um, yeah, that wild card sort of much earlier, resetting teams sort of after five or six game weeks, um, and and sort of scoring early because I think it just meant I was always pretty much chasing so although I managed to sort of consolidate yeah. up, up sort of you know my rank from uh, you know sort of game week 20 onwards was, was sort of pretty pretty solid sort of top top sort of two or three hundred thousand for the rest of the season I think it was just always too much gap to catch up there yeah. um, on that side of things yeah I did, I did, did feel that I got I'm never a sort of maverick manager, but I did feel that I got ahead of the curve this year. Um, some people call them sort of casual players. I, I, I looked at, it was pretty much like the eye test. I, I managed to watch a bit more football this year because pretty much it was on every single day. So I'm not I'm not one, I can't, I can't really spend all Sundays watching watching football back to back. So to have it sort of on during the evenings and things like that, I think that really helped me. And I just saw some players and I think they thought, well, I'm going to put them in my team rather than, Looking on waiting for some sort of data points and see if they continue to score. I just put them in, and and I think that was, if I was to summarise summarise anything, it would be that I didn't wait. Like Calvert Lewin started well, I thought, well, I put him in for Mitrovic. It just seemed a logical, logical move that way, and and I think yeah, it was. I was just got fortunate. Gunnar got him money early. Stones, all of those players really started to do things for me. So. Um, it, yeah, we were, I suppose from from our own perspective that, that that was that was sort of our teams of the year. But really, from we would sort of do a player of FPL player of the year awards, um, and we'll try. I mean, this might have a bit of duplication. We, we'll try and name sort of not from from looking from afar, really, from the best goalkeeper, defender, midfielder, striker, from like who we we felt probably was just the best players in, in those positions. So. 
Uh, yeah, let's start with goalkeepers then, Matt. And I, I think this one is probably a shoo-in. Um, there, there wasn't many, but I, I could mention a couple. But from your your perspective, or sort of from the game perspective rather than yours, what what best goalkeeper in the game this season? Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious this one's uh, um, Martinez at, at, at Villa. Um, yeah, I think both me and Ryan talked about getting getting on him pretty early. I think, yeah, game with five for me. Um, and yeah, just incredibly solid. Just a lot of save points um, uh, sort of across the season, you know, pretty decent um, uh, clean sheets, you know, not you know, not a huge amount, sort of 15 clean sheets over the course of the season. Um, which you know is 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 pretty good, definitely. Um, you know, for, for sort of a goalkeeper in that sort of price range. But I think the thing he he seems to consistently be able to do is get save points and get bonus points, which really sort of helps. Um, you know, helps sort of push him. Um, you know, up and above sort of some of these other players. So you know, he's regularly returning. I'm just sort of looking over his you know his game with history. Um, he's regularly returning sort of 13 points, 11 points, 10 points, 10 points, 12 points. You know, like there's obviously there's a whole bunch of ones and twos and threes in there as well but you know when he when he returns he's able to, to sort of um yeah really sort of push himself up and make him you know make him get those bonus points which can be which can be massive really with the goalkeepers you know everyone else the ceiling for players you know even d- defenders can score goals you know can, can provide assists um you know similarly you know obviously the strikers and, and everyone else and, but bonus points are really one of keepers few opportunities beyond sort of penalty saves um to really sort of push themselves um uh, up, up higher into those scoring points. So yeah, he's I think he's by far and away the sort of standout breakthrough player of the uh, goalkeeper of the season. Started the season at four point five million because um, he was priced um, as I think Arsenal's second choice keeper when the game was launched. So um, yeah, he was he's finished the season at five point three um, uh, five point three million. Um, and yeah, I would not be surprised to see him um, starting at five point five next year. Yeah. Um... I could have to go with Martinez. I can't. I can't see past. He was just phenomenal. For oh, there was just that period where he just returned constantly. Like, and I, I, I should try and get some stats up. How many? How many double-digit hauls did he get? Uh, hmm. One, two. I tried three, three, four, five, six. A lot. Seven. Yeah, about seven double-digit hauls from a goalkeeper is just incredible. And then they were like tens, twelves, thirteens. Um, just pulled. Just got clean sheets, save points, and then um and then bonus points uh, off the back of that so it was it, he was great um mention i will mention uh meslier of leeds um i mean we both brought him into our teams at the end because what what he seemed to do is he he was similar to martinez without the clean sheets he would just get a load of save points and bonus so he was the third highest scoring goalkeeper and very very cheap all season he started 4.5 ended up 4.8 but um yeah he was a He's worth worth a shout. Um, I don't. I mean, like your boy Edison. The thing is with Edison, uh, I'd probably give the game away. Who was the highest scoring Man City defender for the season? It probably was Edison, I presume. Then, yeah, yeah, it was Edison. So, the thing about we all got caught up in this Cancelo, Stones, Diaz. Throw another name in a Walker, maybe. Um, like who was who was the person to get? Or maybe it was Edison as was one of those defenders because yeah he he pulled off uh, he was a high score defender yeah and, I think, uh, six yeah. million you, you obviously have that consistency you know I mean apart from when he's surprisingly benched for Scott Carson you pretty much expect him to play you know week in week out so he is the one that's immune to that you know to that pep rotation um, so it definitely could be um, I think kind of the the sort of the feeling at the moment from an FPL perspective goalkeeper wise is you want to pick sort of someone 
someone at the sort of 4.55 million pound price range at one of those teams that's going to be facing a lot of shots i think you know nick pope's been one that's been a hero over sort of previous seasons um yeah. just you know one that's just someone that's just getting a lot of a lot of shots needs to get shot points could get bonus points if they manage to get the, those clean sheets as well um but if you want to go for that sort of premium premium option you know ellis um, edison allison at, at, um Liverpool as well, who you know even returned with it with a goal this season, um, uh, are definitely sort of really solid, um, particularly sort of set and forget options in that in that um, yeah in that goalkeeper position. Yeah, I don't think I always go cheap goalkeeper and cheap goalkeeper and then a non-playing keeper or maybe their backup. That that is my sort of game plan. Um, I got hit mid-season where I, I sort of had Pope and I think it was Martinez. I was trying to juggle between who who would who I would play, and that was a nightmare. So I, I think I'll edge. Uh, I don't think I'll ever get a 5.5 or 6 million goalkeeper. I think I would try and lean towards those shot stoppers and just try and get those those those, those players there. Um, moving on to defenders, uh, there's a few to choose from, and and really. Yeah, there was a player of the year, um, which was the S. Um, but from a fantasy perspective, Matt, what do you think? Oh, you're giving me all the easy ones because I get to go first. Um, uh, Stuart Dallas, obviously, um, top scoring defender in the game, um, started at 4.5 million. Um, probably didn't really come onto the radar early, you know, early sort of part, part of the season. Leeds um, uh, were involved in some pretty high-scoring games over the sort of first couple of weeks, which probably I think put people off. But um, they sort of, uh, you know, particularly sort of as he sort of, he moves into midfield, I think at one point earlier in the season, he sort of started at you know I think sort of right back, um, and then sort of started into, moved into midfield. So you know he scored eight goals and three assists over the season, um, as well as returning twelve clean sheets um, and you know large number of bonus points as well. So um, he's. You know, there, there have been some some big heroes of, in FPL terms over the last couple of years, like um, Lundstrom um, last season at Sheffield United, who, who you know is listed as a defender but ends up sort of playing as a you know in midfield. Um, they just get they get more points for for goals and assists. They still get the clean sheet bonuses. So anyone sort of playing out of position, you know, as Dallas was doing, is, is um, yeah key op- key sort of opportunity um, really um, to to sort of bring bring them in. Um, yeah, he came into my team I think sort of towards the middle of the season. Um, and stayed in sort of most of most of that, and was sort of coming out, coming out just before his big, his big, uh, couple of his big point hauls towards the end of the season, yeah. as is always the way. But um, I would expect him to be listed as a midfielder next season, which would be a shame. I don't think there's as much value in him, um, you know, as a, even as a sort of five million pound midfielder. I think he's probably he's probably had his 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 time as an FPL legend. But um, yeah, what what a return from 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 the Leeds man this this season. Uh, yeah, top scoring defender in the game, out, outscoring. The Liverpool, the Liverpool boys who are, who are uh, you know, always always up there as well. So yeah, incredible from from Mr. Dallas. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give the prize to Dallas for all of those reasons. I can't argue with any of that. It was sensational, and I originally started. I think I think it was in my wildcard. I put in Luke Island, who's he was sort of playing maybe as a like when they played a three, he was sort of right side of the three at the back and then he sort of went a bit more into a right back in the, in the lap part of the season when Dallas went into the centre midfield but it was a point where you could just see when Dallas moved into that midfield he was just incredible and yeah, just getting attacking returns so he's a he's person a couple of notes uh, Cresswell West Ham he was fantastic because basically he was just putting all the crosses in for Suchek to 
nod in at the back post, uh, as well as Michael Dawson for a, for a period of time. He was just that constant threat from corners, free kicks that West Ham would load the box and 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 and, and win loads of headers and score goals. So he was he was he was terrific, Chriswell, um, and again played in similar. Like that in one of those uh, three uh, when West Ham went to five at the back or, or then went to left back so yeah he was he was he was terrific um, I will mention and he was part of my team John Stones just for the value you got from him um, like DS obviously was was probably the, the you, you could sort of more or less guarantee he would play and I went there in the end to get that DS and got about two points from him but um, but for my personal state it was it was Stones who just offered so much value from just that, those weeks that City just didn't concede anything and then he started scoring on top of that I think he I think he what did he get four goals or something in the end oh, or I not know, something like that yeah I know uh, he scored two in, goals, in, in yeah. that double game week. Four goals for Stones, one for Diaz. And, yeah, four goals. And I think I got all four of those goals and I just that was just sensational. And oh, thank you, John Stones. Hopefully he continues that into into the Euros. I think he's the only fit centre-back we've got. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to take midfielder then. Midfielder of the season. This one's a bit more difficult to, to put. Um Oh, where am I going to go? Uh, I'm going to say it's Gundogan. Um, and it was just from where he came from. And that was nowhere. No one considered having him as a FBO asset. Um, basically, De Bruyne got injured. He stepped up and then just scored goal after goal after goal. And he was just sensational. So... It's obvious to choose Bruno and Salah, but I think we sort of expected them to do that. And really, I had I had both of those players in my team, uh, Salah and Fernandez. So it was you sort of knew that they were going to do that. The reason I've chosen Bruno is because he just we just didn't. We've seen bits of it in the past, but not not like it was this season. So I'm going for him. Uh, cool. Yeah, a great a great option. Um... Yeah, it was, it was definitely you, need, you needed to have him in your team when, when he was on on top form. Um, yeah, again, I think as, you know, as Ryan mentioned, you know, we've got Scott Fernandez and, and Salah, you know, top scoring players in in, in the game. Um, but I'm going to look a little bit further down the list. Um, go for Thomas Suchek um, at yeah. West Ham. Um, I, I had him game week one. I don't think I knew much too much about him apart from that he was a pretty decent box to box midfielder um, at five million, which is pretty cheap. So he he rode the bench for for most of my season but um what a return from from this guy you know 10 goals two assists over the course of the season um definitely sort of had some 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 dry spells um you know probably he's one of those often quite irritating players in as much as that you there it's very difficult to often hit his uh, his returns because he is quite patchy um and, and i definitely sort of had him on the bench um often for his returns sometimes his first position so you know you might get lucky if he comes you know someone else doesn't play and he, he comes on but um yeah, just a really, really solid um, uh, option for him. Um, or a really solid option, um, you know, at, at a great, great price point. Really, you know, oftentimes when you're building these teams, you need to, you need to have a midfielder at that sort of four point five five million pound price range just to sort of balance out the, the cost of the, the price. And really, most of the time, you're just looking for someone that's going to play, just so that if you have some injuries or something like that, you can get a couple of points off the bench. But um, you know, just a great option to have there. It was it was a real threat and had a real sort of purple patch. Um, around sort of 
I think around Christmas time when, when he was just sort of scoring, scoring sort of in back-to-back weeks. But um, yeah, really, really good option. Um, and yeah, one I think, uh, yeah, again, will we'll, uh, we'll feature um, heavily in quite a lot of people's teams of the season, although maybe not as maybe not in their first choice eleven, but there'll definitely be uh, some points around the bench. Yeah, he was he was fabulous. Uh, good 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 shout there. I, I, I think it'd be interesting to see whether he actually scored more points on your bench than actually playing points on your on your in your actual team. But yeah, uh, I so. it was I, I know I had him on on the bench for one of those fifteen pointers that he, he got. But I, I was I was pretty fortunate. I think that was the only time I missed out on him. So. Other than that, it was almost yeah. That's where I think the the template changed to us. Sort or of that three five two. You had those five in the middle playing, and you just really could could um, could bench a forward that you had and just played him ahead of them. So that's the thing. And finally, going towards the forwards, um, I'm not going to give it personal reasons for Adams or Watkins, even <laughs> though they returned. Fantastic. Watkins got 168 points, and Adams got 137 points. So they were they were they were real great great uh, great assets to own across that season. And personally, I can't look beyond Harry Kane. Um, he was sensational this season, not only for his goals but actually the assists and he got a golden boot and then what was it the golden assists or whatever that awards uh, given. But if you didn't have Harry Kane. He started at 10.5 million. He finished at 11.9 million. I think he will start next season, depending on where he ends up, around 11.5, 12 million pound striker. And I think he just, you just knew what you were going to get from Harry Kane a goal, goal and assist, or just some assists. He was just, it was fantastic. Him and Son were just an incredible partnership. And if you could get those two together when they were scoring all of those goals, it was just fantasy gold that, that, that was what it was um, I mean Matt I, yeah there, there is another contender maybe you might take him because yeah what, what, what's your think, thoughts there yeah I think I think um, probably Patrick Bamford for me um, uh, the other the other sort of um, notable name second highest um, point scorer in that forward position um, forward position is quite difficult in fantasy at the moment you know with, with some more of those players sort of moving back into that midfield you know, we talked about Bamiyang being relisted as a midfielder um, you know someone like Rashford is now listed as a midfielder although he's traditionally played as a striker but um, yeah Bamford sort of came up with Leeds there was a lot of talk about you know would he be able to do it in the Premier League would Leeds bring someone else in started at 5.5 million um, and yeah just an absolutely incredible return from from this guy over the course of the season 17 goals 11 assists um, just just a really sort of solid work I think he was definitely one I've had him in and out of my team across the season um, I think I was pretty pretty stubborn early on with him but I didn't expect him to you know, he scored in his first three games, um, which is obviously a great start. Didn't expect him to particularly sort of uh, uh, sort of continue that that run, but yeah, you know, for the sort of price range again that he, you know he started at, he, he finished at six point six, but sort of started at five point five. Um, returned sort of pretty often, you know, had sort of a few spells of four or five games without without goals, but generally pretty consistently sort of popping up. Never that explosive, which is maybe why he didn't sort of not maybe on more people's radars, but you know, definitely sort of. Um, was just just popping up with, with quite a lot of goals um, all throughout the season. So, yeah, really solid. Um, again, I'd expect him to sort of be, be listed at that sort of £8 million price mark next season. So um, might not offer the same sort of value um, for, for that. But, yeah, I, I think very, very, very solid performance over the course of the season from that moment. Yeah, I like he was, yeah, 5.5 million started. And a lot of people had him in his teams because 
yeah, he, 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 he done pretty well in championships, but he's never performed in the Premier League level. And um, yeah, I mean, I got, again, I, I got him relatively early. It was just one of those things. Just, I, I, you just take. You're not for that price. You're not gonna pay like if he doesn't score one week you shouldn't get too concerned it's when you've got your salaries at your 12 millions or or, or Bruno's only 11 and a half so those players you'd need them to return for you these others you could just sort of move them around and not lose too much sleep over it um, other notable uh, people for me is Cavalu and he was I think he scored 10 in the opening 10 10 goals in the opening 10 fixtures uh, as I said I got him in week game week five uh, so I missed out on I think four or five of his goals four four of his goals but um, but yeah he was Egypt was absolute blistering form and uh, yeah you, you sort of had to go there pretty early and we, we laughed at Timo Werner at the top I mean he did actually turn 128 points without really scoring many goals uh, he was quite a threat from sort of getting a load of penalties but, uh, if he was to turn that into goals he could be one to look at next year for he has, we'll a, he has an incredible amount of goals uh, over the course of the season ruled out for offside. Um, okay. But, but and often they're very marginal. So, you know, those, that's the kind of thing where he is definitely the kind of player who seems to be playing right on the edge. And he's ob- he's got good movement. He's getting in the right positions. He, mm. he he obviously knows how to put the ball in the net, although he has had some pretty spectacular misses as well. But I think he's... I, th- I still think there's real potential for him to, to kick on with Chelsea. Um, uh, this summer, you know, Thomas Tuchel came in sort of mid-part of the season... He's going to have some time um, after the after the Euros to, to sort of work with that team. Um, I'd expect him to drop in price a little bit, which could, again make, might make him more attractive if he could sort of come in at that eight million pound mark. Maybe that, that's maybe a bit optimistic, but um, I would definitely uh, not rule him out as an option over the next over the next sort of twelve months for sure. We picked up a load of players, and there were sort of some surprises in there. But really, well, who were the players? Last, lastly, I think Matt was really who, who's the players who really didn't turn up this season? Who's the letdowns? Uh, we could we haven't got to go by our position. Maybe if you've got two or three, or even one, uh, who's who's those who really didn't come to the uh, FPL season this year? Yeah, I, I, one of the ones um, uh, that I think sort of featured in quite a lot of people's teams early on, um, and it was one that I was quite hopeful for was was Brewster at Sheffield United, um, sort of transferred for for big money from Liverpool, you know, sort of twenty twenty four million, I think it was. Um, uh, you know, played for a Sheffield United team that finished well last season. You know, I don't think anyone quite expected them to be where they are now, um, based on their performances last season. Um, so, uh, you know, four point five million, uh, sort of option up front was should on paper have been have been absolute you know um just pure gold dust really um you know if he was starting even if it's scored sort of 10 goals across the season i think we'd be talking about him as a as a you know up there as a sort of player of the season value wise but um no goals no assists over the course of the season um just just a real disappointment which you know potentially is harsh on the on the he's he's, he's young um you know but had a big price tag attached to him um so it was definitely one that i was uh, I sort of moved some things around. I think in game week three to to bring him in as an enabler, um, but also someone that could come in off the bench. Um, but yeah, he was a real sort of disappointment for for this season. So yeah, very uh, very disappointing. Um, maybe a season in the championship with uh, with with Sheffield United, and if they can if they can come back, he might he might have sort of uh, learned learned a bit, learn learn his trade a little bit more. But um, yeah, very disappointing um, for, for for that guy. But yourself, yeah, was, right? anyone else? Yeah, Times when you thought, "Oh, should I just get rid of someone for Brewster just because of the amount of money 
uh, it would it would free up. And I, I went there probably ten times over the season thinking about that move, and thankfully I never made it. I just he just never got well. He didn't, did he? Didn't even score a goal, did he? No goals, no, no assists. So, I think, I think he might have took one, and he might have then took off. But other than that, he was, uh, yeah, it was just, it was just, it never happened for him. Shame. Um, I mean, we spoke about him in our game week one teams. Um, uh, Bamiang, uh, he was changed position. We all thought we was going to get an absolute gem, uh, and he just never really materialised. He ended up just sort of pushed out left and. And, and not doing much there was put him forward and he's got 131 points for across the season and that would be with some additional goals points uh, for, from what, what he, he would have gained by moving from forward to strike um, moving moving him from forward to to midfield so yeah it was it was a huge disappointment um, as I suppose Arsenal were as a whole team um, I mean I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that because of a Spurs supporter but it was just every single one of the players was a bit of a letdown and they just never got going their season until those kids came into the team Saka and, and um, uh, Smith Rowe, Smith, Smith Rowe uh, yeah. came into the team to give them a bit of bite um, I could chuck in William to that <laughs> to that <laughs> list of I mean I think he, he was brilliant in the first game of the season everyone went for him and then he just didn't do anything since but I mean um, I don't want to sort of bad mouth Arsenal further than, than what we've already done because I suppose it could look to my own team Spurs um, very very disappointing season if unless you were sort of Sun Kane and a bit of bow uh, there was no no returners from them uh, I think that possibly the biggest flop Delhi but was he was he the victim of of Jose um, yeah he always looks for a scapegoat or something Delhi was that player um, any any other sort of major flops I mean Percy City was there anyone you thought might have done better than they could have done this year Matt uh, so from a fantasy perspective I think I think Raheem Sterling definitely um, you know he was bumped up to sort of that real sort of top price range um, uh, but was just very inconsistent as he has been in, in you know in in, um, uh, in in real life as well um, def- I don't think he ever really sort of made it into my team over the course of the season because he was just priced a little bit too too high for me but um, yeah he was definitely one that um, you know I, I think sort of featured fairly prominently um, just just didn't seem to return sort of as consistently as he had in in previous seasons um, uh, you know sort of lost his place in the team towards the end of the season um, to, to Phil Foden um, so yeah definitely um, probably a bit of a bit of a sort of flop fantasy wise from from him um and uh jesus as well um you know with agrera being out pretty much all the season this was a big opportunity for him to, to step up and prove that he could be the main man and you know again he was he was injured and out of the team out of out of form um quite a lot quite a lot of the time as well so um yeah some some uh you know not massively disappointing i, I think you know sort of uh, some of the city players were, were probably priced a little bit too aggressively this season to be seriously considered um, uh, you know, sort of it's some of the reasons why someone like uh, Gundogan ended up scoring so many, you know, was, was such good value was because he was valued at you know, for five point five million um, uh, for, for that. So, yeah, that's um, uh, yeah, a, a few a few players there. Um, um, just looking else, you know, sort of throughout the rest of the throughout the rest of the game um, in terms of players that 
Um, so I'm looking at players that, that dropped significantly in, in value really um, over the course of the season. Aubameyang's definitely won. Um, you know, dropped 0.7 million over the course of the course of the season. Started at 12, which is which is you know a huge disappointment for that price. Um, last season's uh, savior of many game weeks, Lord Lundstrom. Um, it was listed as midfield, barely played. Um, I think that's probably quite a lot of legacy. Uh, Legacy people bringing him in from from last season, but yeah, um, yeah, 0.7 million pound drop as well. Um, uh, yeah, some interesting names there, you know. Um, uh, that I'm seeing uh, Deli Ali um, sort of started at eight million, yeah. you know, barely barely featured really until until Jose got the boot and and sort of some other players came in. But um, it was the most frustrating team of the year for me was Chelsea. Um, I. I think my wild card or one of one of the moves I made was free. I basically put um, Ziyech in, or it might have been Pulisic first. Pulisic didn't. I, I think it was a bit of a gamble. He didn't really do anything. I moved him over to Ziyech because I thought oh, he looked, looked like he was doing some things. He never materialised, and basically the whole of that sort of trio of Havertz, Pulisic, and and, and uh, Ziyech was just a nightmare. He didn't know who was going to play, and actually. The, we end up doing uh, returning any points of any huge value, so that was just a no go. And then you had the f- frustration of when they started to um, close up at the back. It was the the Rudiger, Espiqueta, Reese James, Chilwell. Chilwell was brilliant, and then he was dropped. But it, yeah, it was just they were hugely frustrating. And and like from a team who actually ended up in the top four, I didn't really return huge points. So but they, I would. Sh- Expect them to improve next year, but yeah. Any any, any frustrating things for you, Matt? Before we wrap up, no, I think that's uh, I think that's it. Pretty much, pretty much covered it there. So, um, well, that takes us to the end of of, uh, of of the season and the end of our of our little show here. Um, yeah, well, I think we've um, we've enjoyed uh, we've enjoyed getting together every week to talk about um, the upcoming upcoming games. Looking back on you know some of the. Um, Strokes of genius and um, uh, moments of madness we've had with with transfers and, and, and captains and other bits and pieces like that. Um, but yeah, we've got the Euros coming up to look forward to, um, uh, and then and then the Premier League season will, will be back as it you know as it, as it always is, and the fantasy game will be relaunched. Um, be interesting to see you know see see where those prices are, are coming out at. See you know who's going to be coming up from the Championship that we can you know can be our new surprise packages from you know. We've seen Sheffield United, we've seen Leeds, and we've seen you know, quite a few of these teams um, coming up and, and, and doing big things in the Premier League these days. So it's going to be it's always interesting to sort of pick that you know pick that first team for for, for game week one of next season. But um, yeah, any final thoughts from from yourself, Ryan, before we wrap up? No, I'm going to take a well-earned break, um, watch some Euros. There is hint of hint of doing a, uh, a UEFA. Euro Fantasy League but I'm not sure how invested I'm going to be in that one but no, I think it, I saw a horrible stat it was about 76 days until the new season starts and it was oh gosh really uh, I don't know maybe I should retire maybe I'm not <laughs> going to get any better than this so maybe I should step away uh, but yeah lo- lots of things to do um, no doubt I'll get my recharge from the beach bed 
and uh, and pina coladas and and, and I'll, I'll be back but uh, yeah no it's, it's it's been great and and i i just what a fabulous season from me perspective my own perspective i just never dreamt of getting anywhere near three figures uh, in, in i think you reached top two thousand or so a couple of seasons goes man was it five thousand i think five thousand so yeah i mean and they were dizzy heights and i think i finished that season twenty thousand and i thought that was sensational so yeah it's uh it's been a crazy season and yeah i'm actually looking forward to just football returning to a little bit of normality with fans and just not being spread over seven day periods because it was just tiring <laughs> yeah it's uh it's going to be a different different game it's uh definitely one thing i enjoyed about the end of the season was having all those games on at the same time and seeing all the teams come in and all the goals sort of flying in for various teams was a uh, it was exciting something we've, we've not had this season with all the sort of games spread out hopefully we'll, we'll get a bit, a bit of that next year but uh, that's going to do it for us for us today so yeah thanks for uh for sticking with us on this uh this bumper this bumper wrap-up episode and you know hopefully um yeah thanks for listening to any of the other episodes that you've, you've tuned in for um yeah we'll we'll keep you updated about about plans for next season but um yeah thanks thanks again and uh, uh we'll we'll see you in game week one yeah thanks all see you later <laughs>